0: Say amen and Without say amen. saying, you may be seated. Right, exactly. That's awesome. Okay. We're in a series called Come and See. We're talking about the life of Jesus Christ and how we can become more like him. And I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. I was thinking about dads this week and how much they change when they become granddads, grandfathers, right? I mean, you start, reflecting, you start reflecting on that, like how much fathers change when they become grandfathers. I remember what my dad used to say to me and to my brother when we were crying or whining about something that we shouldn't have been whining and crying about. He'd say, you better stop crying and whining. I'll, what? I'll give you something to cry about. Right. I'll give you something to cry about. That's what he would say. But then something miraculous happens. And it becomes a grandfather. And it goes from, I'll give you something to cry about. He starts talking and interacting with your kids. And your kids are crying and whining. And what does he say? Oh, sweetie, what's wrong? What can Grandpa do to help? I know. It could be time for ice cream, right? Let's all go to graders and worship God. You know what I'm saying? You had to be here last week to get that one a little bit. But, that right? This is the same guy. Who told you, stop whining or I'll give you something to whine about? And then with his grandkids, everything changes and he's ready for ice cream. I was, I'm also absolutely amazed when you were growing up and you asked for money, right? What you got was a lecture on the value of a dollar, but no dollars, right? That was it. He never reached into his pockets and said, well, sure, let me help you. No, 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 no. It was about, it was like, he said things like, he gave you some money, and then you went out to get it. What did he say? Make sure you what? Bring back all the change. Right. He wants you all, 50 cents. He wants the 50 cents. Right? It's going to make a difference in everyone's life. Can't bring back all the money. He said, I'm not made out of money. Right? This stuff doesn't grow on trees. And then this same man becomes a grandfather. And your children come up to him and say, Grandpa, can I have some money if I tell you a really good joke? And he's like, well, yeah, as long as it's good. Uh, All right, Grandpa, um, why did the dinosaur eat the chicken? I don't know why. Because it tasted like a snake. (laughs) Grandpa's got some money for you. And you're sitting back going, well, what? What are you digging into your pocket for? And you're like, oh, dad, wait, I got a couple jokes for you, dad. Hold on before you give the money out. Knock, knock. Who's there? Voodoo. Voodoo who? Who do you think you are giving that kid money for a joke like that? Hey, give me a break. Well, he starts to explain, say, no, I got another joke for you. Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo who? You stop crying, dad. or I'll give you something to cry about. All right. Remember that one? And he's like, well, you know, and no one, one more, one more, Dad, one more. Knock, knock, who's there? Let us. Let us who? Let us recall what you used to say when I used to ask you for money. And now you're digging your pockets every time you get a chance. And one one grandfather said, Well, we didn't have a lot of money back then. When we have more, I'm like, oh, stop it. Beat it. All right? All the value of a dollar, all the stuff was coming. And then and then and then this same father, okay, now is a grandfather. you remember what he used to say when you didn't want to go on an errand or a trip? Right? He said, you're going and you're going to like it. <laughs> exactly. It's not that you only had to go. You're going and you'll like it. All right. So now it's like, wait, I'm, I'm, how, how you're, you can control my emotions. I'm going to like this. Yeah. You're going to go and you're going to like it. Now, now as a grandfather, He's saying to you, the kids are in there, oh, I don't want to go, dad, whatever, and he intervenes. You know, son, I was reading uh, some parenting books. Now now he's reading parenting books. And I was reading this parenting book, and it was saying that you really shouldn't force the kids to do something they really don't want to do. I'm like, really? Is that what you're going to tell me now that you're a grandfather? Do you remember the same guy when you went on trips, okay, on vacations together? Right. You're driving on vacation and lo and behold, you're in the back seat with your brother or sister or whatever. And it's he's poking me. She's poking me. He's touching me. He's touching me. Stop poking me. Stop hitting me. And your father would say something like he's driving along. You kids work this out. You kids work. This. You know how kids work things out. This is my side of the car, and this is your side of the car. You stay on your side, I'll stay on my side. Your sister was always a little bit smarter, so she'd get, once you get close, and then she'd took her finger in your face like this, but she wouldn't touch you. Because he said, don't touch your brother. And she would just go like this, and he was like, yeah, she's touching me. I'm not touching him, he's not touching. And she would, and when she stopped doing that, she'd go, She'd are you, ready? you know what I'm saying? And your father, after a while, he'd get frustrated and he'd get upset and he would yell, you kids work this out. And then dad would say something like, you could stop it or I'm going to pull this car over. And you're thinking, dad's not going to pull a car over. Because dads have one thing in mind when they're on a trip. Making good Making good time, okay? So dad's not pulling the car over because dad's making good time. My father wouldn't even stop if you had to go to the bathroom. He just finished his coke and throw the bottle in the back seat. And you and your brother are fighting over so you could go to the bathroom. In the bottle. That was it. person behind you, you hung out the window. With. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't do that. <laughs> it's not raining. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's the truth. And then... The difference between a father and a grandfather when it comes to chores, right? When it comes to chores, your dad's like, hey get out there and cut that lawn and you're thinking well dad, you know, I'm looking at the sky and I was looking on weather radar and it's red and purple and the storm is coming, you actually see the storm and he's like listen, if you do less talking and more mowing, you could beat that storm and he sends you out in the storm with the mower, right? And it's always you're thinking to yourself, that's this is nutsy, this is crazy, but he sent you out there and then he would say something like, get out there, get it done fast before the storm comes and you do something silly, get off the mower and try to pull a stick out from underneath the blade or whatever and he yells something brilliant like if you cut your leg off don't come running to me and you're like oh well, dad if i cut my leg off i won't be able to come run to you or or the mower's broken you have no idea how it broke right but it's broken you're thinking i get out of this Oh, no, no. He goes in the back of the shed somewhere and pulls out a mower from like 1945. Right. He pulls that baby out and he says, why don't you mow with this? This is what I used to mow with. Your father probably wasn't born. OK, when he was mowing with that, but this is what we used to mow with when I was going. And this this will this teach us. This will teach a character. This will build character. right? right. That'll build character. You're like, Dad, we have nine acres, you grew up in a condo on the beach, okay? This is this is this is totally different. And he would say, "This builds character." Do you ever notice that whatever you didn't want to do, okay, that's what builds character. That's what built character. Eating—you're gonna eat those Brussels sprouts. Wow, they're gross. That builds character. How does eating Brussels sprouts build character? And you're gonna eat them, and you're gonna—you're gonna eat them, and you're gonna like them. Eat them and like them. It builds character. One summer, I had to carry, my father was building a house in Virginia. And I had to carry all the materials for, it. I was 14 years old, I will never, I'm thinking, I'm gonna get to see my dad this summer, we're gonna go fishing. No, we're gonna build a house. I am the most unskilled person now, when I was 14, skill less about building a house. So what did I get to do? I got to carry all the materials for the house, Ohio, Virginia. Ohio, Virginia. I had to carry all the materials up the hill in Virginia, okay? And I said, Dad, why don't we just put them on the back of the truck and drive up and put them there? You know what he said? It builds character. It builds builds character for me to load all this stuff on my back and carry it up the hill. Man, that builds character. Now he becomes a grandfather and he says... You really think you should have him out there mowing that lawn at his age? You're like, Daddy's 17. Yeah, but you know, mowing alone is a little dangerous, you know. There's a blade, there's a blade. This is the same man who sent you out into a storm with a beach umbrella duct taped to your mower. It's basically driving around with a lightning rod in a storm, okay, hooked to something metal with gas on it. Get out there, teach a character, right? is what you do. doing. So you're driving in your mower and you're getting pelted by golf balls size hail and you're like going through it and your mower's going all over the place and your father's yelling, I told you you should put those goggles on and then he yells, go, go, against, the, so go against the wind son, go against the wind because the, you know, the umbrella will get pulled up you finally, you have to at some point turn the mower and so the mower, the, the umbrella gets pulled by the wind and you're bouncing down, the, you know, you're bouncing like this on the thing, and you feel like Toto getting pulled up by, the, by all the storm that's going on and I told—I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit. I told first service people are out there telling me we used to live in Minnesota and it was rocks up to the house in our Minnesota. My father used to make us take those rocks and clean them and put them back. Rocks. I'm not making this stuff up, right? Then you get in the house, you get in, but it did help you build character on the mower. But you get in the house and what does he say? Looks out the window and says you missed some spots. I missed some spots because I was like, going like this and the mower bounce away. Your mother's yelling. Yeah, I, I pushed him out for 10 hours and now he's going to be, I'm going to lose him. And your dad's like, ah, build it builds all, character. It all, I said to my dad, dad, help me understand. This is when I was an adult. Help me understand how all these things built character. He said, you're a pastor, aren't you? How do you argue with that?" <laughs> How do you argue with that? See, being a father, being a father is an interesting and a challenging experience. Being a father, being a grandfather, being a foster dad, mentor, all those things. These are all, it's a challenging experience. And today what I want to do is I want to honor God by honoring our fathers. And what I like to do is, is talk about two things, two things that we can be thankful for for our dads. What are two things that we can be thankful for? First, we can be thankful for our father's really great instruction, his godly instruction. In Ephesians chapter six and verse four, it says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Another version puts it this way parents don't be hard on your children raise them properly teach them and instruct them about the lord our fathers instruct us in a lot of areas of our lives If you had a solid father, he instructed you in a lot of important areas of your life. And sometimes I don't think we realize the importance of that instruction until we get older, right? When you're younger, it's like, oh, dad, oh, dad. When you get older, you realize how important it was. And I love this quote by Mark Twain. He said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But then when I turned 21, I was astonished at how much the old, old man had learned in seven years, right? It's true. We don't recognize sometimes, we don't, we don't really see the, 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 the power, the encouragement, the value of what our fathers are teaching us at the time. But as we get older, we realize how much influence... How many good things, even the tough tough things they taught you. How many good things that we learn from our dads. Dads, we we need to use our influence because we have it. You think you don't, even when they're teenagers. Let Let me just take a little side note here. Never relinquish, okay, your authority in your child's life, your influence in your child's life. Okay, I don't care what the statistics tell you. I don't believe them. Okay, I never believed them, and so I never relinquished the influence I had on my children's lives. Oh, their friends become their greatest influence. Not true. Um, oh, media and all have become their greatest influence. I don't care what it says. Not true. Not if you're a father who's thinking through okay, what you're doing and investing in your child. I never relinquished the number one place in my children's life when it came to influence. I just never would give in and give it away. So I have had influence in my children's life their entire lives. Now, the only time I gave up more of that influence is when someone put a ring on my daughter's fingers, okay, and they become their husbands, and I took a step back. I still want to be influential, but I'm not relinquishing, I'm not relinquishing that influence Okay, just because some statistics say that when they become teenagers, don't don't buy into that stuff. You keep being an influential person in your child's life and you influence them to greatness. Okay, motivate them to try new experiences, encourage them, motivate them to try new experiences. Your kids are going to be nervous or afraid to do certain things. You want to encourage them to try those new experiences. I've told you this story before, but when Jen was in high school, Jen's now a worship leader. When she was in high school, I told her, you have two options. You can either go to New York and try out for Broadway, or you can go to Florida and try out for Disney. One or the other. I wanted her to have that experience. I didn't care if she made it. I just wanted her to have the experience. I wanted Kim to have certain experiences. I want Josh to have certain experiences. I want to motivate them to try new things. That's how they grow. You need to challenge them, okay? Inspire them and challenge them to overcome their fears. All of our children, all of us have fears in our lives that hold us back from doing exciting things, from maybe doing the work that God has for us. And what we need to do is challenge our children to overcome their fears. Challenge our children to overcome their weaknesses. Who else is going to tell them? I, I, you know, when, when American Idol was huge, I think it's still on now, it came back on. But you get people on American Idol, and they get up there in front of these judges, and they start to sing, right? And they sound like you're just put, you're laughing, and you're going, how is this possible? This person thinks they can sing. And, but every time they ask them, why do you think you, oh, my parents say I'm the greatest, I have the greatest voice in the history of the world. Right? We need as parents to encourage our children, but we need to help them. We need to guide them. We need to direct them. If they have weaknesses, we need to help them strengthen those weaknesses. We need to help them overcome their fears. Not lie to them like they did on American Idol a lot of the time, parents before the kids got up there. But tell them the truth, encourage them, motivate them, move them along. That's our responsibility. Most important of all, though, we need to teach them to obey God's Word. As a dad, that's number one. Teach your child to obey the Word of God. And don't just tell them how to live. It's important that we tell them what the Word of God says. Don't just tell them how to live. Live out the truth in your own life and let them see you living it out. The greatest, more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. They're watching us. They're seeing if our words uh, and our actions, okay, align with each other. More is caught than taught. Make sure you're living out what you're teaching them. That will have the greatest influence on their lives. And before I even get into the rest of this, listen, none of us are perfect. We don't have to be perfect. Try your best. Do your best. When you fall short, we'll talk about that in a second. When you fall short, okay, you can grow from that experience. You can change, okay? And you can, you can overcome those, those shortcomings in your life. We don't, we don't, we don't always do that as much as we should when it comes to like living out your faith and and truly living it out in every area of your life. We don't do that as much as we should. We talked about this last week. We focus our attention on things that really don't matter sometimes instead of focusing on things that really do matter, which is this. This is what really matters. This is what, for the long haul, this is what's going to impact your children's lives. All these other things, fame and money and power and all this kind of stuff that we strive for, that's going to have less influence than you living out the Word of God in your life day to day. God's Word should be the foundation of our relationships, and everything should be built on that foundation. You know, sometimes we think, well, I'm going to bond around this experience, or we're going to bond around that experience. Okay, that's good, as long as that experience encompasses God's Word. You can teach through anything, but you can't bond around this experience and eliminate God's Word from the equation. Author Jim Burton said this about being a father. When I was young, baseball was my life. You can imagine the excitement I felt when my oldest son began playing. This game would be the one, one of our main bonding mechanisms. If my son would just listen, I could help him become a great baseball player. Learning to read curveballs, shifting his weight when he swings, stealing bases, turning double plays. These things separate amateurs from pros. Burton said, a pattern developed in our relationship because of my familiarity with the game. I saw every mistake my son made. In addition, I knew how to correct them. So post game drives home became a critique of how to improve his game. It soon got old for my son. One night he finally said, dad, could we not start by telling me everything I did wrong? Tell me what I did right first. See, instruction is important, but we have to be careful how we deliver it. And this is something you learn. OK, I don't I don't want you to feel bad this morning because I've done that at different times with my kids. We've all done those kinds of things and we learn. Someone teaches us. We read the word of God. We learn from our experiences. So just learn these things. That's all. That's all the encouragement we can take away this morning. Learn these things. Remember what Ephesians says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Self-reflection. Ask yourself, am I a coach or am I a critic? When it comes to activities with your kids, that's a great way just to remember it. Am I being a coach or am I being a critic? Just do some self-evaluation. Also, little side note for all parents. Don't fall into the trap of trying to live vicariously through your children. Okay, Proverbs says, train up a child in the way they should go, not in the way you wanted to go. And now you get a second chance. Train up a child in the way they should go, the way God designed them. They're your children. Don't try to live vicariously through your children. It doesn't work and it's only going to end up harming them. Listen, I'm going to say it again. None of us is perfect. We're not not one. If you're a parent, raise your hand if you've made mistakes as a parent. Raise your hand up real quick. All right. So you're in good company. Parents are in good company. We've all made mistakes. Everyone has made mistakes. Many of us, many of us didn't. One of the reasons that we've made those mistakes, I'm kind of giving you some encouragement here, is because you didn't have good examples to follow. It's kind of hard to be like, you know, dad of the year or mom of the year when you didn't have those kind of examples to follow. You're doing the best you can. You're learning as you go. Don't be yourself up, okay? Do you, you did not have the kind of examples that other people may have had. You're doing the best that you can, and that's important, and God knows it. And honestly, if you're honest, if you're honest with your kids about your mistakes, they'll recognize it and they, they know it as well. I would say this, though. People say, well, they don't come with instructions. Actually, they do. They do. They do come with instructions. It's called the Bible. Okay, so I want to encourage your dads, okay? Just follow the instructions. You want to start in a good place? Proverbs. Proverbs is awesome. The Bible's filled. When I first became a believer in Christ, I grabbed the Bible my, my youth pastor gave me, and he had a little ready reference in the back, and I looked up all the verses that had to do with a father, being a father, or being a husband. I read them all. And then I realized it wasn't just the verses that specifically talked about being a father and being a husband. The whole Bible is, shows me ways to treat other people, including my children, including my wife. So your, this is your manual. They do come with a manual. We just need to follow the instructions. To the best of our ability, follow the instructions. And we need to thank our, we need to thank our fathers for the instruction they gave us in life. For, for all the good advice, especially if that instruction included growing in your faith. Take the time, honestly, give them a call today, um, this week sometime, and just thank them for the instruction that they gave you in life. Now, I know some of you are thinking, because at first service people were saying, I did not have a good dad, and I totally understand that, okay? Totally understand that. But if you got good instruction from your father, take the time to say those words. Call him up and tell him how much you appreciate the instruction that he gave you, especially if he helped you grow in your faith. Number two, thank your dad for being a godly example. Thank your father for being a godly example. In 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 11, Paul's talking to the church at Corinth. These were his spiritual children, and he said, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, what he didn't say was, do what I, what, what I do. Just do, it, do, every, do everything I do. He said, no, follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul wants us to, to do. Paul wasn't perfect. Paul was not perfect. The only perfect person to ever walk the planet was fully God and fully man. His name was Jesus Christ. Okay, Paul was not perfect. Neither are we. But we need to try to set an example to the best of our ability that God that that our children can follow. I love this quote that I read by Gregory E. Lang. He wrote this. A daughter needs a dad to be the standard against which she will judge all men. Read that to you again. I love it. A daughter needs a dad to be the standard against which she will judge all men. Want to help your daughter pick a good husband? Be a good father. Be a good father. Try to do the best that you can. And here's the thing. Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. If you follow Christ's example, you will be that man. You will be the man that your daughter looks to and judges all of the men by. Be like Jesus. He was perfect. Do the best you can to become like Him. Again, we have the manual. We have the instruction manual right here. You know, there are some things, there are some things that I've done in my life that I don't want my children to do. There are things that I, there are maybe habits that I had or situations I was in that I don't want my children, I don't want them to follow that, right? But here's the great thing about being a follower of Jesus Christ. Here's a great thing about trying to be a godly dad. Even when you make mistakes, you can use them to your advantage because you can use them as teaching tools. You do something, you make a mistake, you sit down with your kids and you apologize for that. I, I've, you know, I've, I've done things with all of my kids and I sat down with them and I said, hey, remember I told you you shouldn't do this? Yep. And then I went and did it, right? Yep. Uh, I want want to apologize for that. I want to tell you I'm sorry. That wasn't a good example I set for you. And they, uh, I forgive you. You know, we all make mistakes. They learn how to forgive when you ask for forgiveness, right? You're bonding. You're building a relationship. Your relationship is stronger now than before you made the mistake. Why? Because you're using the mistake as a teaching tool. That's the great thing about being a person who's trying to be more like Christ. Even your mistakes become teaching tools. So there's some things I don't want my kids to follow. There are other things that I've done, Christ-like things, that I want them to copy. I want them to be like me in that way. Follow, the, follow my example as I try to follow the example of Christ. And there are some things that I want them to follow. One would be tr- holding true to God's word. Trying to hold true to God's word. Doesn't matter for me personally. That's important to me. I don't care what culture says, I don't care the, the pressure, I don't care about the influence, I don't care about anything at the end of my days, I will have held true to the Word of God. No matter what the rest of the world chooses to do, if the Word of God says this, this is where I'm standing. I don't care if everybody else on this side, I'm standing here. I want to set that example. And another thing I'd love to do is have them remember is that I loved and I fought for and I defended those who couldn't defend themselves. Those who were weak and couldn't defend themselves. Recently, my daughter Jennifer went to um, she went to the Orphan Summit. And, you know, at the Orphan Summit, they tell you these used to be orphan children are now like speakers. And it's incredible what they've been through. And they'll get up on main stage and they'll talk about their lives. And you'll just be weeping. You're like, how can anyone survive that? Well, Jen came home and told a few of the stories to her kids. And Ollie and Lorelei, the two older ones, they got real worked up about it. And they said, well, what are we going to do? What can we do? And as they're having this conversation, they said, you know what we need to do right now? You need to call up Pops. We need to go over to Pops' house and talk to Grammy and Pops because Pops, he loves orphans. He loves orphans. And he'll know. He'll know. We'll get in a conversation. We'll brainstorm. And he can help us brainstorm because he loves orphans. Now, and what? A, so Jen called me up. The kids want to come over. I know it's last minute. They want to come over and and they want to talk about like how they can help orphans. I said, I'm busy. I hung up the phone. No. I said, come on. (laughs) I said, come on over. We sat around for like two hours and we mapped out a strategy of how they could do a fundraiser. They're going to put a business plan together around our ACHA equipment. You know, the ACHA is a grain and we're going to husk the ACHA with this machine and we told them all about it and they're getting all the information. They're going to write a business plan. They're going to go around and try to raise the money and now they're now, Kim's children are going to do the same thing. They're going to come up with their own plan, how they can raise some money and try to match what Pastor Kevin and Peter are doing this summer by riding across the country. So by hopefully September or August, we'll have enough money for the auto equipment. I'm telling you right now, when they left my house, honestly, guys, I stood there before God and I said, Lord, if you took me now, I'm good. Uh, honestly, if you if, if my life was over right now, I win. I win. That is so much better than fame. That is so much better than power. That is so much better than money. It's better than anything to have your children and your children's children saying, let's go sit down with pops because this is what pops really cares about. That, to me, is so, so important. There are going to be times we make mistakes. There are going to be times where we, we hit home runs. You know what? We can use it all. We can use it all to invest in our lives of our children and of our grandchildren. We just try to be men of God to the best of our ability. We want to download all the good and, again, even the mistakes and teach them how to overcome those mistakes. We want to be those kind of men that we pass that on to the next generation, the next generation, the next generation we should strive all of us should strive to say what paul was able to say in second corinthians chapter 3 verses 2 and 3 this is what he said you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts known and read by everyone you show that you are a letter from christ the result of our ministry written not with ink but with the spirit of the living god not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts that's what we want to pass on. That's why I said, Lord, if I were to die tomorrow, I'm, I'm good. I am good. We need, to thank, we need to thank our fathers for being godly examples for us to follow. We need to take the time. I know it's sometimes, oh, you walk up to your dad, and it's all, oh, I don't want to say it to my dad. It sounds kind of, you know, whatever. Um, take a deep breath. If you're older, it's not this way. But if you're younger, Walk up to your father at some point in the next day or so, even today, today's Father's Day, do it today. And thank your father for being the example that he's been to you. Thank him for the instruction he's given you. Just thank him. Thank him. Let him know that you're picking up on it, that you care, and that, he, that he's a good dad. And remember, here's the other thing, because I know some of you are sitting here because I've talked to so many in the past. It is never too late, even if your kids are older. Honestly, honestly, I mean that. Hear me out. There are parents. There are parents in this church who started coming here when their kids were in high school, and they're like, you know, I didn't. I didn't come to know Christ. I really didn't start living for Christ until my kids were older, and I've missed it. I've, you know, it's. it's oh, no, it's not. It is never too late, even if your children are older. You know why? Because you can pray for them. You can still pray for them. You think, well, I'll pray for them. That's not the same as. Let me tell you something. We underestimate the power of prayer. God, God can do miraculous things through your prayers, right? God can do miraculous things through our prayers. So we can pray for them. We can encourage them by sending them notes. Write them a letter, encouraging them. And you don't have to fill it with all scripture verses and everything so they know you're a Christian now or whatever else. Just encourage them, okay? Encourage them. Let them know that you're thinking about them. Let them know that you care You care about them. Let them know that, you know, they said something to you on the phone a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, and you, you remember that. And I'm just going to encourage you. And what else, the other thing you can do, honestly, we talked about it a couple minutes ago. You can apologize. It's never too late to sit down with your children and just say, you know what? For years, I just didn't, uh, my father maybe didn't pass on this to me and I didn't pass it on to you and I just want to, I just want to apologize for, I had a really bad temper back then, I've changed a lot now and I, I want to say I'm sorry and you think, well, you know, my dad would never do that. I was a grown man. My father was 73 years old, and he would never admit to anything. What he would say is things like, it was no one's fault. It wasn't your mother's fault. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't your guy's fault, blah, 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 blah. And I think to myself, no, Dad, it was your fault. Okay? But I'm not going to fight with a guy. Because I'm trying to build a relationship with him after all these years. So I'm not going to pick a fight. 73 years old, he, God does something supernatural to him. when he was driving in the car. And he started thinking about his past and thinking about his own mom and his own dad. And I came down. I was, went to a funeral. Someone had passed. A, co- a college student had passed in Virginia. And he was at university. And I went down there to be with the family. And when I was driving home, I stopped in, in Roanoke, where my dad is, and we were there, and he just started talking about his mom, and he started talking about his dad, and he, we were talking, and he was getting a, a little upset about it, so at one point I went over, and I just gave him a hug, and I said, Dad, I'm so sorry that you had to experience that. I'm so sorry you had to go through that, you know? And, and he stopped, and he p- kind of pulled back a little bit, and he said, How about you? How about what you had to go through? How about the experience you had to go through? He said, I don't want the sins of the father to be passed on to the son. And he went through all these different things, taking responsibility for things in the past. He was 73 years old when he did that. And he apologized. So you know what? It doesn't matter how well you can apologize. We can take the time to call our children, to sit down with our children and say, hey, I've made some mistakes. I just want to apologize. I just want to. And because here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can show them now the power of God through your changed life. They would think he would never, she would never apologize. And you do that, you will show them the power of the living God through your life. God, my friends, is an expert on restoring relationships. God is an expert on miraculously restoring relationships. So it is never too late. Don't be discouraged. You can pray for them. You can encourage them. You can apologize. You can show them the power of God through your changed life. I'm going to close with this. Billy Graham said this. A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. I totally agree. I totally agree. We have tremendous influence in this world. And we certainly have tremendous influence in our children's lives. And as long as we still have breath, we can get better. We can get stronger. We can be more Christ-like. And we can help lead them into a closer relationship with Jesus. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this time that we can spend together. And I just pray, Lord. It seems every week this stuff is tough. And I just pray that you give people encouragement that you give them strength, that you give them wisdom, that you give them discernment, Lord God, that you would you would not allow the evil one to speak into their hearts and make them feel discouraged or any of that, Lord God, but they would only see the possibility of the future and what they can do to impact the lives of the people around them. Father, give them that word, give them that strength to accomplish all that you have for them. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for this time that we can spend together and ask that you would be glorified, Lord, in everything we do as moms and dads, that you would be glorified through it all. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.